experts of Common Sense Investing have been helping their clients and listeners make sense of the markets for nearly three decades. Using a conservative, diversified, value-oriented approach to investing, they strive to make you a better educated, well-informed investor. And now here's your host, Eric Whiteman. Well, thank you and welcome to this edition of Common Sense Investing. I'm your host, Eric Whiteman. So glad you could join me today. Today's topic is planning for the future. I want to talk about getting started on your future. I spend a lot of time talking about the markets and individual stocks, and this is something I don't spend nearly enough time on, and I should. This is really, really important stuff. I saw some numbers the other day from Yahoo Finance and CNBC, and they said that 64% of Americans will retire broke. And by broke, I mean they'll have under $10,000 in savings. And 50% of those people who were surveyed said they didn't care. To me, that's just astounding. I guess either they're planning on working forever or they're planning on living on social security or maybe both. And now I know that's not most of you because you're listening, right? But people need to start planning and investing. You should do one before the other. But the most important thing is to get started. Let's talk about the planning side for a second. Most people don't have a plan or even want a plan, really. And I know they have their reasons. Number one would be most people probably think that doing a plan isn't really going to benefit them in any way. For a lot of folks, the plan right now is just to stay out of debt this year. We've all heard and seen the statistics on the number of people who are living paycheck to paycheck, and they probably think planning is for the wealthy. And I'm here to tell you that's not true. In my opinion, a written plan can help almost everyone. And that's because people who have a written plan tend to have greater financial discipline and better money habits. It's like having a workout, buddy. It's Wednesday. I have to meet so-and-so for the walk or the run around the park. I can't bail on that. No, they hold you accountable. They keep you on track. According to a survey done by Schwab a little while ago, eh, about a year ago, I guess, the planners versus the non-planners, you guessed it, the planners are twice as likely to pay their bills and save every month as opposed to the non-planners. Number two, well, some people are just afraid. It's like going to the doctor. I don't want to know. They'd rather just put their head in the sand and ignore it. They don't want to make the choices or the lifestyle changes that might be necessary. People are going to practice avoidance, hoping it'll all eventually go away and fix itself. And I could go on for an hour why people don't plan. But the bottom line is everyone should have one. You just don't wing these things. Getting started isn't that hard. You just need to take that first step. Some people, some folks need a more comprehensive plan and others, well, they don't. Let's be clear here. Participating in your company's 401k or starting an IRA is not a plan. It's a start, but it's not a plan. The basic idea of a plan is to find out where you are and get an idea of where you want to be in the future. And then you crunch the numbers to figure out how to get you there. Now, do you need a planner or an advisor? 
No, not necessarily. That's probably not what you expected to hear from an advisor like myself. But the reality is not everyone needs an advisor. If you love this stuff and you've worked in finance for a while, you may not need someone like me. If you're just starting out saving and investing, things can be set on autopilot, meaning you live within your means, you contribute to your 401k, you build up your emergency savings, and we'll talk about that in just, just a minute. But as time goes on and things get more complicated, you may want to consider using a financial planner or, or an investment advisor. A good advisor who's working with you on the planning side as well as the investing side can be worth way more than the expense. And that's what you're really seeking in the relationship is value. I know a lot of folks say, I'm just going to do it myself instead of paying someone, instead of looking at the actual value that person might provide. Now, you've heard of Vanguard, right? The company that uh, the legendary John Bogle was the founder of, home of the index fund. Well, a study by Vanguard says an advisor can add about 3% a year in value, a good advisor. Think about that for a second. Vanguard is saying an advisor could potentially add around 3% of value a year. That's a lot different than some big brokerage house saying it. That's just would be just talking their book. No, this is Vanguard. And by the way, Morningstar says the same thing. Good advisor, 3%. A lot of that estimated return comes in the form of what they call coaching, the advice side, especially when markets get volatile, both to the upside and the downside. And, you know, that makes sense because basically the average investor just doesn't get good results over time. That's at least according to Dalbar, and we've talked about them before, their yearly report shows that the average investor consistently underperforms year after year. So plan or no plan, advisor or no advisor, it's time to get started. If you're just starting, starting out, think about your money as being in three different buckets. One for the short term, one for a little later down the road, and another for, well, way down the road, the retirement funds. Let's talk about the short term bucket. A rule of thumb that a lot of folks use is three to six months of living expenses. This is the money that you want to set aside for emergencies. So you have it, the rainy day fund. If you get laid off or the car goes kaput or a global pandemic hits. If I said that a year ago, you would have thought I was crazy. Anyhow, this money you don't want to invest. You're just going to have it in a savings account, maybe a money market account, maybe even Laddered some CDs, a three-month, six-month, 12-month CD. As a matter of fact, I'm of the opinion that any money you might need within the next three years shouldn't be invested. You just never know. You never know what's going to happen, what the market is going to do. You want that money safe. The first bucket is the one that you need to start building up right away. I say that because if you're pumping all your money into your 401k, all your savings into your 401k, and something happens, and something always happens, then you're going to have to dig into your retirement savings, and that's less than optimal. Okay, so start building up the rainy day fund, but at the same time, 
start putting money away in the long-term bucket, the retirement funds. It's going to be a balancing act for a while, but you can do it. If you have a 401k, use it. Most employers will match your contribution up to a certain amount. So make sure you're taking advantage of that. If someone wants to give you money, I generally suggest you take it. The biggest friend you have when you're investing is time. So I say save early, save often, because the power of compounding is huge. Let me ask you a question. For the next 30 days, you could either get $10,000 a day or a single penny that doubles in value each day. Anyone who chooses the penny probably understands the power of compounding interest or money earning more money over time. That $300,000 seems like a pretty sweet deal, but it only takes a couple of weeks for those doubling pennies to start growing pretty rapidly. In 30 days, those pennies grow to more than $5 million. That's probably why Albert Einstein reportedly called compound interest the most powerful force in the universe. Now, if you don't have a savings plan at work, well, then think about starting an IRA. You could do a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA. Both grow tax deferred, meaning as long as the money is in it, you don't pay taxes on it. The difference between the two are at the start and the finish. With the traditional IRA, you may get a tax deduction on the money that you put in. And with the Roth, well, you just don't. Both grow tax deferred. Now, here's the really big difference. When you take money out, the traditional IRA is taxed as earned income, but the Roth comes out tax-free. Just saying that makes me happy, tax-free. Since they're retirement accounts, you have to wait until you're at least 59 and a half to take money out without a penalty. And with the traditional, you have to start taking money out when you're 72. That way, you can pay taxes to the government. With the Roth, there is no required distribution. Since you're not going to pay taxes on it, well, they don't care about when you take it out. Those are just the basics. In most cases, the Roth is the way to go. And your employer may even offer a Roth 401k. So you want to check that out. Check and see what makes sense for you. Do your research. So now you have the emergency money. You're building up the retirement fund. But what about the stuff in between? That's a long time. That's the middle bucket. That's where the investment account comes in. A taxable account, an individual account, maybe a joint account with your spouse, you know. This is the money that you can invest because you don't need it for a while. When I say a while, more than three years. In this account, I suggest you buy high quality companies when they're trading at a discount to what you think they're worth and let it compound. Let the compounding take over. Don't be a trader. Let's review this really quick because I'm running out of time here. I want you to think about your money as being in three buckets. The short-term bucket, which you aren't investing because you need that money in the next couple of years for emergencies. The longer-term bucket, that's the retirement funds. And hopefully you're taking advantage of the matching contribution if there is one. And then the in-between bucket. 
Okay. So the intermediate and the long-term money, you can invest. Well, I hope that helps. If you have questions, feel free to give us a call. The number is 301-770-5234 or send us an email. It's podcast, which is plural, podcast at xmlfg.com. We're out of time for today. Next week's a holiday, so we're going to skip a show. And I'll be back the following week. Until then, remember, it's just as important to protect your assets as it is to grow them. I'm Eric Whiteman, and this has been Common Sense Investing. listen to the show. Now it's time for the really good stuff. So listen up. It's the disclosures. The things I talked about during the show, well, they're just my opinion and may or may not necessarily be those of the XML Financial Group. Don't construe this as personalized advice or a solicitation to buy or sell a security. No, no. You should consult your own financial advisor to see if it's appropriate for you. It's also not a substitute for tax or legal advice. I'd suggest you get someone who's qualified in these areas so you can get the advice you deserve. When you're talking about asset allocation, diversification, rebalancing, they don't guarantee better results and they don't eliminate the risk of losses. In investing, there are no guarantees. Just because you use these strategies doesn't mean you'll outperform someone or something who doesn't. XML Financial LLC is an independent registered investment advisor.